Trust, City Living, Pressure Points, Totterdown, Parking Crisis, Quinoa, Encouchment Areas, Hello, welcome back to Bristopia, a local community radio project about England's absolute favourite city, Bristol. I'm your host, Andy Price, and I am a man living in the future. Okay, hang on, let me back up. For those of you that listened to our 10-episode first season in 2015, I'm well aware that it's only been a few months since you last heard from us in the form of our live show that we recorded and posted back in December. As you no doubt could tell, it was a bit of a disaster, I had a bit of a tantrum, and I stormed off stage a bit. Now I'm not proud of myself but what I'm trying to say is we naturally had to take a bit of time off. But okay, here's the crazy bit. We've actually been off the air for more than a year. Guys, it's 2017 here in sunny Bristopia. More on that in a minute. So, during my time off I had to hide away from the public shame of our live show so I was dabbling in a few bits and pieces. Uh, Do you remember back in February 2016 when the discovery of clear gravitational wave signals were announced? Ripples in space-time, first predicted by Albert Einstein, yeah? Well, guys, those scientists were me. It's true, when I'm not busy podcasting, I like to dabble in the arts. Of science. Long story short, I figured out how to broadcast into the past, but like, just by a year. Which I think is more than enough. It's still a pretty big achievement. So, with our premise outlined, welcome to season two of Bristopia. We're in 2017 now, and I'm hoping our show will give you a little sense of what it's like to live in Bristol, capital of Europe. More on that later. Hell, what it's like to live in this country in the future. Guys, it's insane. I hope you enjoy the show and the genre change, because we're not making a current affairs program anymore. This is a bona fide sci-fi adventure. So what's happened in the last year or so? Let's catch up with our regular news headline segment. I've actually created a theme tune for it this time. So uh, let's let's have a listen to that. Nice. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good about this. All right, you ready? Let's do it. In health news, the anti-sugar movement is in full... Su- this is actually quite loud, isn't it? After Parliament launched... I'll just speak louder. The sugar tax during the 2016 budget. However, the tax which is due to come into play next year and... Oh, what's that? That's ridiculous. That's too much. Let me turn that down. It's stressing me out when you just start the episode, mate. Right, let's try that again. In health news, the anti-sugar movement is in full swing after Parliament launched the sugar tax during the 2016 budget, but it might be in trouble. The anti-sugar movement was dealt a blow after a prominent local GP expressed his belief that sugary soft drinks weren't a big deal. However, many have questioned whether Dr Pepper's comments have been taken out of context, asking whether he's just misunderstood. But when we reached out to the doctor for further comment about whether citizens should really be drinking sugary sodas, he simply replied, what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, I know that one really does beg the question whether it was worth us coming back at all, if that's what we're going to start with. But, you know, we've already had the theme tune incident, so it's already fucked. In April 2016, the Bristol Post reported that planned refurbishment of Parliament would take six years, prompting a discussion on whether the government would consider relocating from London for a period of time. 
Bristol Mayor at the time, George Ferguson, commented, Bristol is the prime UK city for government relocation, and this out-of-the-box idea for moving the Houses of Parliament is a great example of the sort of lateral thinking that is required. However, the move was eventually ditched following opposition from Boris Johnson once he realised he'd be faced with the challenge of riding his funny little bike up Park Street each day. Commenting on the idea, Johnson said, and I quote, bugger that for a box of soldiers. That's, that sounds like something you'd say, right? I don't know. Again, in April 2016, one of Bristol's key arterial roads, the Portway, almost flooded following an extra high tide, known as the Spring Tide. The Bristol Post reported on the situation, claiming the River Avon was just inches from flooding. Residents initially panicked at the notion that four inches was a very close call, but a full-scale panic was ultimately avoided when metric system evangelists pointed out that it was actually 10 centimetres from flooding, prompting most residents to go, oh, well, that's loads then. In politics news, after former Russian President Vladimir Putin was exiled in early 2017, the world thought the tyrant would finally be brought to justice. However, after going on the run, he was finally found later in the year running a pop-up restaurant in St Nick's Market. The people of Bristol came under fire for failing to recognise that Vladimir's Putin was a pun-like ruse, preferring instead to believe that the city should have been thankful to further expand its culinary geography. As for Putin, the internet memes that followed led him to ridicule and eventually suicide. Alright, now there's obviously a lot to cover and it's difficult to comment on every individual story here, so we're going to round up our news headline segment with an assembled list of what we imagine would be your frequently asked questions about the future. Question one, do you all fly around in spaceships now? <laughs> that's a good question. No, the answer is no, but it's not far off. And if that's the case, I'd like to address something right now before it all gets out of hand. Why do spaceships fly? Why do spaceships fly? If they're ships, why isn't the verb be to sail? I don't want my children growing up in a fundamentally incorrect world where people jog horses or rodeo hovercrafts. Question two, if I was to take a picture of you in a park, give you that picture, and then based off this episode of the podcast I then killed you in 2016, would you then be able to see yourself gradually disappear from the photograph? And if not, was Marty McFly mentally ill? This is a great question. No, this motion is bullshit and is a filmic device designed to guide an audience. In reality, so, okay, one, why would I gradually disappear, right? If I had disappeared from the top down and I was currently just a pair of legs, that would mean at that point in time you took a picture of a pair of legs with no torso attached and that could probably be used as evidence of a murder. Two, I don't like parks, so the whole discussion is moot anyway. And three, what happens when I disappear entirely? That would mean you've taken a picture of an empty park. Why would you do that? And does that not beg the question, why are you questioning Marty McFly's sanity when you're taking pictures of an empty park, yeah? Okay, good. Can we move on now, please? Thanks. Question three, can you explain gravitational waves to us, please? Yes, absolutely I can. Question four, is Kanye West still the greatest artist of all time? Of course, Kanye is actually that rare exception to the many worlds theory. While anything that can happen will happen, Kanye West not being the greatest artist of all time can't happen, so won't happen ever. Question five, what happened to George Ferguson? That's a good question. If I was forced to guess, I'd say wolves. Question six, if you could change one thing by broadcasting a message to your past self, what would it be? It would probably be that day I forgot to bring lunch into work and had to buy a tomato soup from the co-op. I'd probably uh, go back and tell myself to get the minestrone instead. Question seven, how do we know you're actually broadcasting from the future and not just your shed in the present? Uh, blind faith, mostly. Plus, in the future, sheds have become self-aware. And if I wasn't from the future, how would I know that? 
Good, I think we've got everything covered. Let's move on. So, 2017, what's new? Well, let me think. Hoverboards? Check. Holograms? Bloody everywhere, mate. Smart homes? Well, most homes are now made out of recycled calculators, so... Check. Oh, I know. Bristol's now the capital of England. Yep, London finally fell into the sea. After the alien invasion. Which, on one hand, did finally put a stop to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah, I know, I'm just joking. That would be ridiculous. But I tell you what isn't ridiculous. London house prices. Am I right? Yeah. So basically what happened was London put its capital city status out on a 12-month loan to try and sort out the whole mess. After Bristol was voted happiest city for the third year in a row, in an effort to reduce the chances of the housing bubble bursting, it was decided to let London take some time out and, you know, let Bristol have a go. London could take a long, hard look at itself, make itself a bit nicer, a bit lovelier, you know, a bit more like, well, Bristol. So we're now in charge. Isn't that exciting? We also now have a new Prime Minister, Gavin McFabulous, who's joining us today to talk about his first actions in office. Gavin, welcome to the show. All right, Andy. You good? So good. What's this then? Well, it's a podcast. Oh, like everyone's doing. Well, this is 2017, the year of the podcast, and we are at the top of the game. We scoop this exclusive interview. It's not like you're going to go on now and speak to the Bristopolis podcast or Bristastic or Bristalica or Bristol Post new podcast. All right, what's first for your new role as Prime Minister? Right, so uh, it's important that we work on balancing our imports and exports. Well, yes, of course. We want to grow the economy by selling what we're best at producing and getting the best deal. Right, great. So what's this city's best export? Well, details are still being finalised, but at the moment it comes down to either Boston Tea Party or Frisker. What? Our best exports. I want to see our best cafes on every street corner in our former capital. Right. That will be the first step to getting London back on its feet. Right, okay. So what are you going to do for the rest of the country then? How about your plans for the Northern Powerhouse? Of course. Mustn't forget Old Brew Power Station at the no. very northern end of the city. What? No, no, of the country. Of Bristol, yes. It was decommissioned what? in 2012. Yeah. But of course, in the interest of the local economy... We've put it back into action. Are you sure that's safe? We've doubled its output and created upwards of 14 jobs. But, but safety? 14 regular, everyday, hard-working families. Okay, yes, hard-working families, but what if there's an accident? We'll blame it on the immigrants. Immigrants? Yes. Well, look, I'm not being paid enough to ruin my best slacks walking through that quagmire, so let's move on. Entertainment. Obviously, you've got your team in charge of entertainment across the city. Hard-working families need to relax, so uh, what have you done? Absolutely. So you've heard about the forthcoming Bristol Arena? Yes, excellent. Uh, it's been delayed. What are you doing there? Two arenas. Two arenas. Uh, okay, fine. Three. Three? I'm not going any higher. That's the best Good. deal you're going to get from me. Jesus, okay. Well, anything else? I'm going to turn the M32 into a water slide. Of course. And your plans for handing the capital back over to London in 12 months' time? We're not. I believe you have to by law. Look, if Bristol has to be the Colonel Kurtz to the rest of the country's Martin Sheen, 
then I guess the apocalypse <laughs> will just have to happen sooner rather than later. So, like... Now. Yes. Keep up. Right, okay. And anything planned for the arts? Darren Brown, Old Vic, all day, every day. Wow. And Mousetrap, obviously. Yep, thanks, Gary. Good luck with that. And good luck with your podcast. Do you think traditional broadcasting will ever replace the podcast? Well, that is a good question. I don't see how it could. You know, I didn't initially support the podcast license fee that came in last year. Exposition, good. Yeah, that's fair enough. It was divisive. But once the world became desensitised to the word Squarespace, we really didn't have many other options. Thanks for joining us, Gary. Let's move on to our next guest. In the studio today, we've got Janine Tolbert. Janine's come in to talk us through office culture in 2017. Janine, tell us how it's changed. So it's very different from the old nine to five. Uh, first things first, there's the... <gasps> Janine? Are you all right? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm fine. Um, So the most noticeable difference is probably in the office kitchen where... <laughs> Oh, uh, what's the matter? You okay? Andy, it was simply horrible. What was? People in offices these days, they're just so rude. The, the things they say. Well, it sounds awful. I know. Well, what did they say? Well, I was I was telling this guy I work with, I was telling him yeah. how, like, I bought in cake that morning that's, because, like, it was nice. my birthday and I tried to make a joke about it going straight to my bottom <laughs> and, and, like, he didn't say anything. Like, what? he almost wasn't listening. So I told him how it was okay because I go to the gym at least four, maybe maybe twice or once a week and, yeah. and he just nodded. So I said, yesterday I went and did four reps on a tricep pull-up that's machine right. and then 45 seconds on a treadmill before finishing it off with a full minute on the rowing machine and, and he said, he said... It's, it's all right, Janine. You're with people that care. I don't think I can even repeat it. Well, this is an open forum. He just went, cool story, bro. What? <laughs> I know. Well, that's, I mean, oh my God. I just don't know what to do with that. I'll kill him. How do you even respond to that? He's just having a conversation and it's like in one sentence. He's made me feel like I've never said anything interesting to anyone ever. I mean, it's really the worst thing someone can ever say to you. Wow, emotional stuff. Well, let's move on. So everyone knows there's various different types of people in the office. Which one would you say you are? Okay, well, so I used to think I was the cool guy. Ditto, mate. Great. Well, I found out this year that I'm not. No way. Okay, so why did you think you were the cool guy? I was always the first to say, let's go for a cheeky pint on, on Friday lunchtimes. Classic. And then a couple of weeks ago, Stefan, he, he, uh, uh, yeah, he was like, he wrenched the title from my cold, dead hands. Oh what did he do? Well, we'd all finished and, and would easily have made it back by 2pm yeah. to continue our game of guess the office slut. Well, who do you think it is? I think it's Daniel. Well, yeah, he sounds like a slut. Ours is Justin, obviously. Uh, sorry, what did Stefan say? He said... Guys. Solid start. He said, guys, should we should we stay for another? And what happened? Everyone cheered. Oh, no. And lifted him up on his chair and carried him out of there like he was a hero. That sucks. So the following Friday, I decided to throw caution to the wind. And, and just before the end of our lunch break, I shouted, shots! Inspired. And I ran up to the bar and offered everyone shots. And, mm -hmm. and when they declined because they had to write a post for the company blog. What, everybody? Andy, I work in digital marketing. Well, yeah, I suppose that makes sense. 
So I had to drink all the shots by myself and I went back to the office and I tried to chat up the photocopier. Oh man, what happened? Now everyone thinks I'm the office slut. What about that slut Daniel? That's the worst part. Well, how so? He actually is fucking the photocopier. Oh, mate. Okay, I'd like us now to reintroduce to the podcast in his first long-form documentary of this season, American intern exchange student Justin Crockler. Justin's job is to get out there in the field and meet the people that makes this city tick. So, please welcome Justin Crockler. In 2017, Bristopia is a progressive city. Now, I know with our various islands, Spike and Turbo respectively, you're used to this city doing things a little differently. But over the next 12 months, you might just find that the city will start to explore an even more progressive state by introducing a number of animal-based eateries alongside traditional establishments like Domino's or your kitchen, we've got a new breed of restaurant, the Cat Cafe. What could possibly make a flat white or especially selected locally brewed crop lager a lighter, fluffier, hairier, scratchier touch? Cats. Twenty seventeen is the year the Bristopia finally threw out the sanitation bill and just invited wild animals onto our plates and into our hearts. Here's what you've got to look forward to. world we live in now is so stressful. It's, it's hard. Sinking a couple of ales after a hard day's work down the mine of digital marketing just isn't enough anymore. So this is Jim. He's the owner of one of Bristol's 27 cat cafes. 
People want something softer to dampen the blow of the working day. And cats are soft. Cats are the second softest material on the planet. Oh, wow. What's the first? Mayonnaise. Mayonnaise? Mayonnaise. Cool. On today's show, we're not just talking to Jim about his cat cafe, because we'd only get one side of the story. After the first cat cafe opened in 2016, customers flocked to the establishment. It was like a beacon, like a stationary cupboard to an office romance. It gave a base to the underrepresented subculture of Twitter users that included the phrase self-confessed crazy cat lady in their bios. They were so popular, in fact, that five more opened the following month. It was clear that the market was wide open, but at the same time, many cafes quickly found they had to diversify. We're actually catering to those that understand the roots of cat ownership. Today, we're looking at the now risky, oversaturated business of cat cafes and the lengths the businesses will go to stay ahead of the game. We don't allow cats. You at? No, like I said, we're going back to the roots of cat ownership. Back to those halcyon days where people used to go to cafes and bars to get away from their pets. Don't people like pets? Uh, It's a myth. Would you like me to come live at your house, not pay rent, shit on your floor, and secretly wee in your mouth every night? (laughs) What? It's no joke. Cats are wankers. In a modern world where disliking cats is taboo, the cat cafe enables individuals to appear to like cats without having to actually allow them into your home. So you're saying people don't actually like cats? It's uh, like a conspiracy. Jesus Christ. He hated cats. He did? Pontius Pilate was a cat. Oh my God. No, God is a lizard. So my question, why I've included this guy in my documentary about cat cafes, when he doesn't own a cat cafe, and he's clearly insane. The truth is that I'd already spent half a day with this guy before he dropped this bombshell, but then I realized, you know what, he's still tapping into the same audience. So basically you're saying this is just a regular cafe. What's it called? The No Cat Cafe. What? Yes, calling ourselves the No Cat Cafe still allows us to tap into the huge Google search potential, um, and we're also relying on the post-hipster irony crowd. Oh my god, this place is so cool. I don't get it. This place is so cat-free. I mean, I get it, obviously, but I totally don't get it. Andy? All right, Justin, just popped in for a coffee. I just love how few cats there are here. It's like that place with only one cat, but better. And she's not wrong. Jim actually says the inspiration for the no-cat cafe is the one-cat cafe. He says they just weren't brave enough to go all the way. And this is the kind of audience you're trying to appeal to. Absolutely. We basically relying on people going, oh, a no-cat cafe, how retro, that's super vintage. Remember when cafes were clean and hairless? Let's go to that place instead, cats are rubbish. I left the no-cat cafe today with this thought firmly in my mind. When I first read that Bristol was getting its own cat cafe, I was super excited. But after spending time with Jim, I have to ask, are cats rubbish? Are cats Our cat's bullshit. Well, in the interest of neutrality, I moved on to the next cat cafe to try to find some answers. Hello, welcome to our cafe. This is Allison. She's the general manager at Cat Fiend, a new cafe recently opened on King Street. What can I get you? 
One big fluffy ball of joy, please. So a flat white? No, like a cat. Why does your cafe have so many humans walking about? What are you talking about? Is this not a cat cafe? You've got that picture of a cat above the bar. Who, Snuggles? Uh, yeah. Snuggles? No, he just owns the place. What? This place is actually owned by a cat. The owner died and left everything to his cat. Oh, so you like cats? No. Why not? He's really bad at operating the computer, so I never get paid my wages on time. What's going on here? Why do I keep coming across cat cafes that have no cats? As I do whenever I have a problem, whether it's a blocked toilet or a karaoke-induced anxiety attack, I headed to City Hall to speak to our Prime Minister, Gavin McFabulous. Hi there. Okay, I've got Gavin McFabulous here with me. Uh, He's the head of business in Bristol, and he's in charge of handing out business licenses to businesses in Bristol. Hey, you know when you say a word so often it loses all of its meaning? You've forgotten what business means. I want to say some kind of soup. Well, I just want... Oxtail. What? Oxtail soup. Croutons. Right, so the thing is, Justin, it's actually illegal in the city to have cats wandering around a public space, which serves food and drink. But I thought there were loads of cat cafes, and that's why they had to diversify. No, no, no. Those guys you visited diversified by law. Uh, But they're the only two that did. Most others took the easier route. Which was? People. Cafes. Welcome to 2017. Bristol is a city mired in dystopia, where citizens live their lives barely treading above water, against the current of rules and regulations, A world where, given the choice, business owners choose people over animals. Like me, many of you may have found yourself skeptical about the idea of a cat cafe, but like me, you were no doubt intrigued. I was ready, all set, to find a burgeoning community of feline loving individuals, but you know what? I didn't find it, because it doesn't exist, because it's not allowed to exist. And that makes me sad. When I first found out that we were broadcasting back in time, I thought, cool, this is my chance to show the people of Bristopia what all their hard work, their passion, their will to succeed could lead to. A city brought together where people and animals can live as one. But I'm sorry to tell you folks, there in 2016, it didn't happen. And you know what? That's your goddamn fault. So I'm going to make a pledge here and now that I will not, on my life, on your life, I won't return to Bristopia. Not until all the would-be cat cafes out there in the future are back on the menu. Justin, um, (laughs) don't worry guys, he'll be back. This internship's all he's got. Without it, he's just an American. Alright, thanks for listening guys. I was your host Andy Price and this is Bristopia. Find us online, we're there. And I hope you've gained some insight into the city of Bristopia in 2017 and you'll take some lessons away with you. Until next time, enjoy your future.
There is a lion with a shark's head and he's roaming through the jungle. He is searching for the gold, but he wants to be alone. There is a tiger with a blowjob and he thinks that he's the best. He may think that now, but I, I need to know for sure. Topia was written by Andy Price and featured Ellen Waddell and Tim Goodings.